What is up, guys? It's your boy, Drew. Coming at you with episode three of the Review and Preview podcast, where we review the previous game, then preview the future game of these user games that I'm facing here in the ML21 League. Um, last week, we reviewed the Patriots game with Dave, and we previewed this um, game we'll be reviewing today with Derek and the Seahawks, and then we'll be uh, previewing the game with Adam and the Packers, the 6-1 and one Green Bay Packers. Um, but first things first, let's handle some uh, housekeeping real quick. Promote my boy, me and my boy's podcast, Dote, um, the other guy's pod will be recording tonight with Dustin. Um, got some good topics on there. Also, if this pod comes out before that pod comes out, or before that pod is recorded, you guys send us some uh, topics or some ideas you want me to shout out in the pod, and I'll make sure I get that in there. Um, also, quick shout out to my boys Dave and Ty for doing a great pod. Just finished listening to it this morning. Um, also, quick shout out to Derek for joining in with them. It was a great episode. Talked about me a lot. Talked about our trades a lot. Talked about uh, the new division rivalries. Me, Derek, and Ty are about to be cooking up in the NFC West. Um, it was a great pod. I loved it. Lots of Drew, so I gotta love it. Um, with that being said, though. Let's jump right into this Seahawks game. It was a it was a pretty good game, forty one to thirty five. Niners pulled out the victory. Um, the score shows it was very close because at the end Derek put up a pretty big comeback on me. Twenty two points scored in the fourth quarter. Definitely uh, had my heart racing a little bit there. We'll get into the comeback here a little bit later. But first things first, let's just get to our game medalists and awards. Um, for the 49ers, I'm going to give my first gold medal to Raheem Mostert. He had a great game. 15 carries for 166 yards and two touchdowns. He definitely was, uh, he didn't get the start. I had Tevin Coleman starting just because I feel like, I don't know, I've, I seem to hit the inside holes a lot easier with Tevin, with Tevin Coleman compared to Raheem Mostert. But Coleman, just every carry he got, I think the total was uh, six carries for nine yards. So if that doesn't tell you enough, then I don't know what else to tell you. You must not run the ball much. But if you got a guy going six carries for nine yards, you got to take him out because Madden is telling you that guy's not going to do good and his backup's probably going to do better. So the second I put Mostert in, he busted out a few big runs. I think he had about two different yard runs that ran over 40 yards. And it's just one of those things that you get that guy going, it's going to be hard to get him down because it's hard to catch up with that speed. Um, one thing I did do with, uh, oh, let's go get into that later. Go on the silver medal. We'll go, uh, silver medal. I gave it to George Kittle. He had a six catches and 108 yards and one touchdown. He's just becoming something that I never knew I really wanted. Uh, a reliable tight end. I had Witten for a few files and I mean, that's Jason Witten. He retires and you end up having to find a new tight end. It's a rookie and you I don't develop tight ends very fast, so it's just it's never been a position that I've uh I don't know, sought after or used that much. But since coming over to the Niners, it's opened my eyes a whole lot more. It kinda makes me think back to watching Dustin play last year in the last Madden, my homie, and uh, how he used Mark Andrews and just if Marquise Brown was not open, Dante Pettis was not open, he would hit Andrews and it was just perfect uh a perfect balance of 
uh, like a third option. And with Kittle and how fast he is and how strong and powerful he is, I can do jet sweeps with him. I can do touch passes with him. I can do screens to him. I can do runs to his side because of his blocking. I can do screens to other receivers to his side because of his blocking. He's just probably becoming one of my favorite players on this team to have. And I'm just very grateful that I could actually uh, have a tight end who's young and already developed because I do not develop tight ends. I, this is one of the positions I just don't do. Um, bronze medal. Going to go to the handsome guy, Jimmy G. He had a one two nine quarterback rating, 16 for 19, 225 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Which, to me, that stat line is almost exactly how I want every game to go, minus the one pick. That one pick was to Jamal Adams. So, say what you want, Jamal Adams is one of the best players in the league. So if he's got a pick, it had to be a great play. And if I remember right, it was a great play. Um, and then I'm going to give my the only Wall America needs award is to the San Francisco O-line because that's the only wall we need in America is that O-line I had because they protected Jimmy G so well. No sacks for the second straight game. And that's compared to he had 15 sacks in the first five games before I started, before I took over. So I'm just very, very proud that in my three games I've played with Jimmy G, he's only been sacked one time. And my O-line isn't necessarily overall-wise the greatest. I have a few pretty good guys, but it's it's very, it feels good to be able to sit back and go over my uh, my options passing or running and be able to uh, just get straight through. As for the Seahawks, my medal awards, I actually didn't write them down on my outline, so I'm going to go off the top of my head. I'm, I'm sorry, Derek. Um, I'm going to go Russell Wilson, number one. He did throw three interceptions, but he led the team on a 22-point comeback in the fourth quarter, so I, that's, that's straight leadership. Um, my silver medal, I'm going to go with Jamal Adams for that big pick and just for the fact that his – presence on the field with Bobby Wagner is enough just to make me even have to go and do a whole different style of offense that I'm used to a whole different coaching strategy that I'm ever used to and completely just change my game him and Bobby Wagner's just mere presence on the field is enough to get them an award um in the bronze medal I'm gonna go with DK Metcalf Finished with, I believe, 87 yards receiving around there. High 80s, maybe mid-90s receiving yards. And he's just he had a big touchdown catch in the first quarter, which made me feel like the game might be a little tougher than, I, than it was. But I started to pull away after that. But he just, he's a man, and I still want him on my team. So, Derek, let me know when you want to get rid of DK. I, I got some guys I could trade you. <laughs> um yeah, the Comeback of the Week Award sponsored by Zoom at Home Learning. Since I was helping home with homework at the same time, goes to the entire Seahawks team and Derek. Came back from down super late and brought it back to a one-possession game in the fourth. 22-point fourth quarter, pick six at the end to bring it down to a six-point six differential. And they went for the onside kick and almost got it. And if they would have got it, I think you would have seen the first I might have I might have dusted it. I might have DG'd it and I might have just controller slam 
Oh, it's broken. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm out. <laughs> you might have saw the rage. A rage quit. But nah, I would never do that. That fourth quarter comeback, it it was great. It was something. It was just so fast. And out of nowhere, I look up at the scoreboard, and he's only down by six points now. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Guys, put the homework in the other room right now. Y'all got to leave. I got to do this. All right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, shout out to Derek for that. That was just... A great, a great comeback. Um, as for the game, I'm I'm proud to say that these podcasts I think are helping me stick to my game plan because that's all I did. I stuck to the game plan that I talked about last episode, and it worked. It worked till the end. Um, I limited my turnovers. Only had the one to Jamal Adams. No fumbles. I caused three turnovers. Jimmy Ward got one. Jaquiski Tarth or Tart got one. And uh, Witherspoon also got one towards the end, which was pretty key. But the fact that I only had the one interception, to me, is if anybody needs a scouting report for the Seahawks, look at that. Because if you can keep it to that, or but one or one or less, you should be at least able to stay in a game. Derek's got a great team, but if you can limit your turnovers, you can maybe stick in it. Um, and that's what I did. I actually turned conservative ball carrier on, which was something I was toying with and thinking about doing the whole pregame podcast. And I just did it, and I'm proud I did because I was worried about it since I have two kind of quicker backs. I didn't want to lose my juke abilities, my spins, my hurdles. I didn't want to lose all that. But you had to weigh out losing a juke and maybe five or six extra yards or a fumble and not having possession of the ball anymore. So I decided, hey, I'll take I'll take six yard carries and getting out of bounds and swerving over fumbles. So what I really did the whole game was my receivers my receivers would catch it and go down. My running backs would run towards the sideline and dip out once the tackle was coming. But I will say on one of Mostert's long runs, I had probably my most satisfying moves I've ever done in Madden of conservative ball carry, running a stretch play to the outside, one-on-one Bobby, or uh, one-on-one with Jamal Adams coming at him from the corner, a perfect angle, and I do what I always do, but this time I just did it, and it felt so much better. I, I swerved just a little inside and let him overrun it, and I just r- went right around him. No concert, no, no jukes, no nothing, just straight conservative stick moves, and it is probably one of the most satisfying feelings to watch the number one hitter in the league run right past your little fast running back because I was scared as soon as I made my move in towards him that that would be it. That would be the first time conservative caused a fumble like last Madden. But it didn't, and he got through. I just made me uh, made me very happy to have the running back I did because I don't think Tevin Coleman would have made that move as easy as Mostert, but making that substitution and that adjustment, it just really helped. And that goes back to another uh, piece of the game plan was making the adjustments needed, uh, not just being complacent and letting whatever happens happen, but affecting my own outcomes and changing what I'm doing to match what they are doing is something that I'm working my best on and sticking to game plans. Um, that turnover to Adams this is a poor decision. If I remember right, I just threw one up and he... Got it. It was in the double coverage, and Jamal Adams, if you make a mistake, he's not going to drop it. And I 
think he even returned it pretty far back. I don't know if he took it back for a touchdown, but I think he took it at least 50 yards just on, a, on a bomb. But uh, that was just the fact that he had, that was the one turnover that him and Wagner caused all game is something that I have to keep up every time I play Derek. Um, I did contain, I didn't contain Russ as well as I'd like to. That is one thing I wish I worked on more. Um, I did start putting the spy in when he started to scramble more, but just pre-play, sometimes my mind is going 100 miles per hour with all my adjustments that I forget to do the spy, and it seemed like every time I'd forget the spy, Derek would hit one of these quick, quick, quick scrambles up the middle for 10 yards, and he'd get down. There's one thing that Derek does very well is he slides. I don't know how to slide yet. I know they talked about it on the pod, but I already forgot what it was, but... He got down every single time, and it was good. Good on him because I don't know if Russell can take that many hits, and I don't really know who the backup is. If it's Geno Smith still, I don't know if that's the one you want running the offense. But he did. He'd get down, and he'd avoid those tackles, and every run he did was, I'm pretty sure, for a first down or a very convenient convenient yardage markup. Um, so yeah, that was that's pretty much the uh, Seahawks game. Shout out to Derek because this is a great game. Niners win forty one to thirty five. Looking forward to these other games we'll be playing since it's gonna be a tough division to win. I don't think I'm gonna be uh, winning it every single time at all for sure. And I think that this might be one of the uh, toughest divisions we have to be honest. Um, so let's just jump right into the. Uh, Green Bay Packer game real quick. We're placing uh we're going up against the six and one Green Bay Packers. We're coming into San Francisco looking to avenge those nineties losses to TO's to coach TO's uh Niners team. He had a few I think he had that game winner in the playoffs and the, the big hit. Steve Young threw it and I'm pretty sure he caught it doing the post and took those big big sandwich hit and uh won the game. I remember that from my childhood. It's going to be kind of different, though. We haven't had a Green Bay user for a few years. And uh, I think Lynn was the last one. And there's just a big running joke going on about the Aaron Rodgers curse of Madden League 21 since nobody's been the Packers and everybody who's been them usually quits or leaves. Them and the Steelers, it seems to be, never have an owner that lasts that long. But I remember joining the league and being the the Colts and then the next time being the Packers and then I think I was the Packers first and I switched to the Colts and I could not get Aaron Rodgers going at all he's probably the one of the best quarterbacks in the game stat wise his abilities in this game are ridiculous but for some reason I just can't get I just couldn't get him going and not and it's I don't want to be that guy but I don't think it's just me because we've had other users say the same thing He's usually one of the guys who's on the trading block for years and years and years if he's picked up by somebody else. Um, but this year, this year, Adam, Adam looks like the guy that they need, the kind of user that they want in Green Bay. Um, he's coming off a big division win. He uh, beat the Minnesota Vikings 49-35, to which was the second closest game he's had all year. And from the sounds of the chat, it might have been the closest one of the closer actual games this week, despite the score. Um, Green Bay is having a great season offensively. 
Um, I'm not for sure if I remember them saying that Adams' favorite team was the Packers or not, but the way he plays, it seems like they might be his favorite team because they have, just like in real life, one of the better offenses in the league, one of the higher points per game in the league, and they're one of the most balanced teams in the league. Currently, as we sit here right now, Green Bay has the third best total offense in the league. The third best. Something you might not be ready, like, anybody's ready to hear that. When you think great offense is the ML21, Green Bay has never been one of the top ones we've had. So big, big uh, hats off to, to Adam there because he's bringing, a, he's bringing a legacy to a team that's not had one. Um, they have the highest points per game in the league also at 41.6, just edging out the um, computer playing, jock-owned New York football little men who have 41 points per game. Um, the loss to Minnesota week one is the only game they've had that's within one score, and it was a three-point loss. So that just shows you one thing, that they're used to blowing out teams or winning by multiple touchdowns. They're not used to close games. And uh, I didn't watch the Minnesota game, but I might go back and check out the tape just to see how they deal with the closeness because I haven't been blown out in a while. I guess Derek did with the Cowboys, but how you play close is very different than how you play when you're blowing somebody out. Because if he feels the stress and he feels the pressure, then that's when the turnovers come and that's when I try, I try to capitalize. Um, and to capitalize and to win this game, I think the five things... I have six things here now. I can't count, but six things that I need to do. Um, I need to slow down Roger's arm. He's got the ability to have uh, it's the gunslinger arm, so it's a or a quick draw or something like that. So he has the fastest release in the game. He has the gambler ability, so if he gets his zone, he's not going to throw a pick. Um, he has an ability where his offensive line gives him extra time, which is just annoying. He has the also has an ability. Those, all those abilities of the bullet passes and the lead pass elites where almost all of his passes are going to be perfectly placed and not spots where I can get them. So this might be a game where swap ball or play receiver, coaching strategy comes into handy rather than being aggressive because I'm not trying to get burnt on little outs. I'm not trying to get burnt on those on little flat routes like I did against the computer. Um, I also... Need to make sure I can slow down these running backs. Both um, Aaron Jones and I can't remember the backup's name. Average five yards a carry. So I have to make sure that my fast linebackers are in the open space and ready to make plays and pursuing the ball the right way. Because if they're averaging five yards a carry, I'm not going to be okay with them handing the ball off two times and it being a first down. I can't do it. I need to make sure that we get into some deep third down situations that where, where he's forced to pass it, forced to make deep decisions, and hopefully get some sacks. Um, I also need to make sure I can stop down, or sorry, stomp down, I'll just say stomp down Valdez Scantling because he's having a great year as a number two receiver for them with 735 yards pass or receiving. And with those yards, he's still only second on the team in catches, though, to Devontae Adams. So to me, what that shows is that Valdez Scantling, who has double the yards but six less catches than Adams, he's their deep threat. He's either their deep threat or he's their guy that they get the ball into space with. 
and you just got to make sure you have the right matchup on those guys and you have a nice guy over the top of them or a nice guy coming underneath to catch those quick pass picks. And that's what I hope Richard Sherman's there for because he, if he's the deep threat, I might. My deep safety should be okay over the top, but if he's coming across the middle, trying to get open spaces, trying to do screen passes to him, that's when Richard Sherman's going to have to be in the nickel and be in the sub, ready to make plays. Um, this D-line, or this O-line, has not allowed a single sack all season. Aaron Rodgers has been sacked, but they have not allowed a single sack all season. Which I don't know if the the video game is just bad at you know the way that they they were bad at allowing uh, uh, monitoring catches allowed and stuff like that before. I don't know if they're just bad at picking that up. But the C zero sacks allowed by a whole offensive line when their overalls are not the highest, except for David Badkari or whatever his name is. It kind of it's an intimidating thing. I don't pride myself on being a, a sack the sack the quarterback type of player. I pride myself on the pressure leading the picks. But this year, with my D-line, minus Bosa now, uh, with that D-line, it just it feels good to be able to get that pressure. But if I can't get the pressure, even if the pressure doesn't even affect Aaron Rodgers and the throws are all going to be perfect anyway, the pressure in the, in the D-line won't matter as much. And it will be more reliant on my linebackers and my DBs to make plays. So some of my best players are on the D-line, and taking them out of the game by having a great offensive line and having that ability that Rodgers has to keep your line protecting you well is it's a little nerve-wracking since I don't have the best DBs. I have decent linebackers, but I don't have the best DBs beyond Richard Sherman. Um, they're good. They're decent enough, but relying on them to make plays is one of the things that uh, I don't look forward to in these games, not like last year's Madden. I rely on my uh, D-line this year to kind of disrupt the plays and then capitalize on those mistakes in this, with the San Francisco team. So it's going to be a little bit diff- difficult. Adding that difficulty is the two cornerbacks he has with four picks. Jair Alexander has four, and I can't remember the other guy's name, but they both have four, so it shows that it's not just one guy who's doing pretty good with the picks. They, they, both the corners on that side can, can get up there and get the ball and play aggressive. Now, the way I pass the ball is usually kind of relying on separation and uh, not throwing into tight windows and making sure that my passes are efficient rather than aggressive. But I I, I throw about a pick a game, and I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to have that reputation. I don't want to be a turnover kind of heavy guy. I want to make sure that I can uh, make sure my interceptions aren't my fault or great plays make sure my interceptions are stupid little hail marys at the end of the half or something that won't affect the outcome of the game all that much unearned turnovers as i like to put it um the defense though it is pretty balanced on paper it doesn't look as threatening as most you don't see a bunch of x factors you don't see a bunch of um, heavy hitters but they're all there Every position, every from D-line, linebacker to DBs has a player or a few players that are not slouches. Players that you got to be ready for. Players that in a few years from now could be elite. And they also have a few players that a few years from now could be out of the game. But 
one thing's for sure is that they're not somebody to take very lightly. You got to take them serious beyond the overalls. Now, the five things I have to avoid, in my opinion, I need to avoid being too aggressive attacking Rodgers. I can't just, because there's no sacks, I can't try to be the first guy to get a sack. I can't sit there and be like, I got to get the sack. I got to send all my guys. I got to blitz. I got to be aggressive. I got to that. Nope. If I end this game with zero sacks and a W, that's a W. That's a W. The sacks don't matter. I got to make sure that if Rodgers has time, that he's not comfy. And that time is him scanning the field like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Where do I go? 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 Because if it's that long, if it's that long, my guys will get to him. If you have all day to throw and your receivers end up coming back to you, you're just getting the shorter routes. So one thing I do, I do hope they get the pressure, but I need to make sure that my secondary and my linebackers are ready to make a play today. Um, and that comes down to also not letting myself get dink and dunked all the way down the field. I haven't watched Green Bay's uh, user games, but looking at the stats, I do kind of have a feeling that some of the receivers like Devontae Adams or like the tight end or even uh, Aaron Jones in the backfield are targets for him. There's little quick passes where they can get out in the open and move since there's so much speed on that team. Um, I do not want to get five, six-yard passes every single play with five-yard runs every play where he's going to have the ball for 17 minutes of the end of the game and... I'm just sitting there worried about when am I going to get the ball to score? When am I going to get the ball to score? When am I going to get the ball to score? Um, I don't want to have any unearned turnovers. Turnovers that aren't my fault versus turnovers being, ag- on, being aggressive or great plays. Most of the turnovers I've had this year, if you listen to the pods, I don't feel too upset about. Jimmy G throwing bombs at halftime and them getting intercepted fine. Don't score a touchdown on the, on the return and we're fine. Jimmy G getting picked off on a third and 15 bomb to the sidelines trying to get a touchdown and he Dave's, the, the McCourty makes a great play. I'm not too mad at it. The game ended up a W. We're good. The ones I don't like are the ones like the RPOs and I'm doing a quick slant and I throw it over the middle and the linebacker catches it. Can't happen. Can't happen today. Or the quick outs that I just decided to throw the quick out anyway, even though the corner's right on him. In this game, Jair Alexander's going to dive in front and make the catch. Can't do it. Cannot do it. I need to make sure that all my passes are into the grass if they're not going to be caught. And I've done a pretty good job with that. Jimmy G has a pretty good rating, but I do have the streak of throwing one pick a game, it seems like. And I need to stop that. Because if I don't, Jair Alexander is going to eat me up. And that's another one of the things I need to avoid is Jair Alexander. The acrobat ability is crazy. I know for a fact because Eugene Bias had it and I would be able to make some of the most unreal interceptions I've ever seen with it. I'm talking about diving across bodies on drags to make interceptions. I'm talking diving out of bounds completely to catch the ball and then somehow giving you it that you caught it in bounds. I can't let that happen. So I got to mess with the depth chart and figure out where I'm going to have Jair Alexander line up on. And we'll see if he picks a side or if he's a guy who follows around the field. Because if he follows a certain receiver, I'm fine with that. If he picks one side and stays on that side, I'm fine with that too. But I just need to know. Stop messing with mine. I just need to know. And then Aaron Jones, his speed at running back is something I need to um, avoid. I don't want him to get out in the open. He has 91 speed but 94 acceleration. And 
that's just kind of he gets around the corner and as soon as he hits that that trigger for that turbo I'm going to be trying to play catch up and I don't I don't want to do that I really don't um like I said Green Bay has the third best offense in the league so it's going to be a it's going to be a tough defensive game for me I'm not too familiar with Adams' play style. He was the Steelers' last file, so he played in the AFC. I didn't play too many AFC North teams except for uh, OB in the Super Bowl. And uh, so I had to go to OB kind of to get some scouting, which is just part of being homies, you know. We all, that's what me and him do. We talk to each other about each other's divisions and uh, conferences, and we help each other out because that Nebraska Bowl is what we want every year. And uh, the scouting I got was he plays like the real Packers, which is – why I think that they might be one of his favorite teams. Um, very balanced player. Um, the Steelers, this is my own scouting, that they were a pretty good passing team with, uh, I think it was Daniel Solomon, a quarterback he had before he had to take his break. Um, and he uses the middle linebacker. So when I find out that somebody uses the middle linebacker, the immediate thought in my head is exploit or avoid. Depending on how they do it, I usually try to exploit it. I'm not saying I'm going straight, oh, I'm going middle of the field every single time. Oh, I'm going middle of the field, middle of the field, middle of the field. I'm like, no, I'm going to try to make it look like I'm doing the middle of the field, and then I'm going to get you over the top of the middle. I'm going to pull this guy in front. I'm going to hit a drag to make you follow, then I'm going to get you behind it, or I'm going to get the drag on the, in the front. So when I find out someone uses the middle linebacker, and I believe he just got a new one in Thomas Davis, who is about 75 years old, I kind of get a little more excited. Using uh, the safety is one of the things that uh, one of the more uh, maybe advanced defensive techniques, in my opinion. And guys who do that, to me, are more uh, nerve-wracking. Or guys who are good at that are more nerve-wracking than the linebacker users. Guys like Cody, who last year with Eddie Jackson just flew around the field looking like the Chicago version of Eugene Bias, just aggressive 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 that's the kind of play that makes me more nervous because I have to look out for that player more when I find out you're using a middle linebacker I kind of know where you're at I know where you're going to be I know where you're not going to be and I know what's probably going to work and what might not work I'm not saying it's going to I'm not saying it's a guarantee but it's something I'm more used to um with that being said let's predict this game I think it's going to be a shootout. I think both offenses are going to hold the ball for a long time for each drive. Does that define a shootout or not? I don't know. But I think the players to look out for on the Packers are going to be Aaron Rodgers with all his abilities. I'm going to try to not let him get in the zone once because I don't want that guarantee no pick. I need picks. I need him. Um, Valdez Scantling, I think that Adam is kind of trying to get him the next – Superstar or X Factor, and if we if he can, it will be a it will be a harder harder league for all of us, because uh, him and Devonte Adams, Devonte Adams with double me already, is is tough, and Adams has double me, which makes him basically Amari Cooper with double me, because Amari Cooper has a stupid possession catch one, and not the aggressive catch, and nobody nobody possession catches, not in a way where it being an X Factor ability is important. But Devontae Adams having double double me with the extra routes and the extra separation that Amari Cooper had on his abilities, I know for a fact will make it really hard to guard him. 
but I'm up for the challenge. Um, Jair Alexander, acrobat and short route KO man. He's got uh, the ability, so like any any man-to-man coverage of less than 10 yards, his his abilities go up. And he's got acrobat, so he's going to make the diving catches. He's going to make the one-handers. He's going to go across your body and dive for it. He's going to fly in the air and catch it. Um, he's got shutdown corner, X-Factor. He's, he's going to be a problem. And if he's doing the man-to-man, it's going to be another problem because that's harder, sometimes harder to beat in this game. But with a great corner, it's even, it makes it almost impossible. I'm also going to be looking out for uh, Adrian Amos, um, the strong safety. His hit power is around 85 to 86, which just to me means every few t- tackles are going to be a, probably a big hit and maybe a fumble. So I need to kind of avoid that side. And usually, if I am thinking correctly, the number one corner is usually on the left side and the strong safety is usually on, or I mean, the I guess the quarterback facing right side. And the strong safety is usually on the quarterback facing right side as well. So if that's where both of them are, I might be having to do another uh, another stick to one side of the field type game. Um, I also need to watch out for Zadarius Smith. He's just a superstar linebacker, great run stopper. He has the out-of-my-way ability, which is just if a, a tight end or a running back or fullback tries to block him, he's just going to shove you out of the way and kind of make the play. And he has one more... Um, ability about run stopping. I can't remember what it was, but it's going to be a problem. Um, Players from the San Francisco side to look out for. I'm going to have to go with Jimmy G because the efficiency is what I'm going to need hard. I'm going to need to make sure that I stay turnover free and on the right path. Uh, Richard Sherman, I need him to do the opposite and cost turnovers, make plays, make tackles, lay the wood down, maybe get a big hit fumble for once since he has that ability. Um, Tevin Coleman, probably going to get the start with most of returning kicks and doing more uh, pass catching for me. Brandon Ayuk, thank you Ty for telling me how to say that, Ayuk. Uh, he's my emerging rookie running receiver, I mean. He's second behind Debo Samuel, but he's probably one of my fourth overall rated receivers. I just like the name, like the, like the attributes, and I think he could have a great file for me. And then, of course, George Kittle and Jordan Reed. Um, both caught TDs for Seattle. Both basically got the same play. Um, it just f- feels really good to have two elite tight ends. Like, I'm not used to having one, and now I can line up lots of receivers out there and make you think I'm scoring there, and even put sometimes put Kittle out at receiver and have Reed be my only tight end, and it's just enough that he's fast enough to get away from most linebackers. With that being said, prediction for score, I have the Niners... At 45, Packers at 40. That's what I predicted about two hours ago. But after going through this pod, I'm going to go a little less. We'll go 45-40, or we'll do two ones, 27-17. Niners 27, Packers 17. All right. That's the pod for y'all. I need to do my shout-outs, get out of here, schedule this game, and then get this recorded with Dustin later tonight. So shout out to my boy Obi. See you tonight. Hit that record. We'll do this podcast. Shout out to Dave and Ty for their pod featuring Derek. Shout out to my boy Devin. Welcome to the league. Shout out to Matt for all the inside jokes and taking the Trump supporter off my squad. And shout out to the rest of the league for wanting a douche like Nick Bosa on their team. This season 
is for Cap. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Go Niners. Love you.